This podcast is brought to you by KT, the organic cold brew iced tea, which you can find in select UK retail stores and their website kt.co.uk, spelt k-a-y-t-e-a.co.uk. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Crowncast, where we talk to capital allocators about some of the decisions and their why. This is literally financial education for startups. Very excited because today we've got with us in the studios, Gosbert. Gosbert, how are you doing? Yeah, I am doing great. I love that intro, by the way. Thank you. I had a little bit of <laughs> Cool. No, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. And I know you've had a busy personal and professional diary recently, so really do appreciate you making time. And just to kick off, perhaps you can start by introducing yourself and letting our audience know a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, my name is uh, my name is Gosbert, Gosbert Shigula. I'm one of the co-founders of Startup Discovery School. So we run a consultancy focused on providing kind of acceleration incubation services for startups. Our work focuses really on the intersection between kind of climate change, uh, net zero and wider inclusion issues. So looking at climate change, not just through emissions, but looking at through the social and environmental impacts uh, blended together and how that where that meets. Um, Also an early stage investor, really passionate about investing in startups, which are bringing to life what uh, I call the just transition. So looking at the transition to net zero and how we get there, really interested in startups that are really tackling those challenges. I love that. Just transitions as an angel investor. And um, I know you've had a, a couple of big wins recently. Um, do you want to do the honors and share with the with the audience before we go into the rest of the interview? Yeah, let's see. So, so, so much winning recently, my goodness, you know. Um, but no, um, big win. Um, we've recently, uh, so we made the list of the UK uh, Business uh, Angels Association, UK BAA, um, uh, but in the category specifically around our work with regard to acceleration. So nominated for the Accelerator of the Year. Um, relating to some of our work specifically, we've done we've completed over the last kind of eighteen months around net zero acceleration so working with a range of kind of ambitious startups looking to grow fast but i think generally in the kind of climate slash net zero space a key component of that growth is the ability to attract corporate or governmental pilots trials so trialing your new technology in a live environment and we've been fortunate enough to roll out programs of this of this kind with several key partners including government local authorities and it's really been a great um, a great process especially because it's very much at the tip of everyone's tongue right now uh, net zero climate change and the impact i mean we sit here in june and we're already in a scorching summer so the impacts of kind of climate are, are apparent in all of our lives already and the implications are huge but yeah that was a big recent win and yeah really honored to be nominated indeed congratulations and and what's your journey what brought you to into this space what did you do before um and what motivated yeah, sure. you to get into this 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 arena yeah sure so i guess for me i was always interested in kind of like vehicles of change right like how do you change or improve society for the better and, you know, that's taken very many forms. About 10 years ago, I worked in like a youth education charity, uh, Young Enterprise, which I would say if you're of a certain age and you lived in London during, a, I think, from a 2009, 2014, I've probably come across you because I, I was that guy who turned up to your school, ran these startup programs, talked a lot. Um, so once in a while, someone taps me on the shoulder and says, did you come to my school a few years ago? Which simultaneously makes me feel, wow, wow, I made an impact. But simultaneously makes me feel kind of old. It's like, wow, how young are you? So um, it's been really good. So that really, I was always interested in vehicles of Change, right how do you change things and for me I guess business or entrepreneurship was always a way to do that so it started years ago working with young people and helping them take their first steps into business and then went to work for a couple of focused impact startups that were working in the kind of employability space to say how do you tackle long-term unemployment through using online tools etc education um, and then going into the kind of venture space
space space through acceleration. So having the opportunity a few years ago to run one of the first kind of UK net zero hubs down in the Southwest in Exeter. And through that, got a great opportunity to not only just see entrepreneurs, but see how they scale. And also the blockers when it comes to scaling any venture, any venture backable business. Um, and also, I think that's where the kind of interesting climate came about, recognizing that this one of the biggest challenges we're all collectively facing, um, you know, but also it's a challenge, but also a challenge which hits people differently depending upon your kind of socioeconomic status. So I would always say that I've been interested in vehicles of change. It started years ago, almost a decade, well over a decade ago and it's progressed slowly through the startup ecosystem and then once I, th- I always find once you get to the startup ecosystem you're then interested in finding out okay how do the winners win and who succeeds and once you ask that question then you open up the investment landscape and you see the challenges opportunities um and the, all the problems that come with that indeed and it's about like you said those 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 uh, patterns that show how winners win and and the two strands you've uh, they're not mutually exclusive mm. but the two strands you've highlighted one is around the you know direct angel placement where you support companies companies and the other is around the accelerator you know mm. and I'm keen to share with our audience a little bit more about you know some of the numbers behind those models you know the investing as an angel directly mm. or supporting companies through your accelerator programs mm, of course so if I start with the accelerator programs in accelerator programs typically that you'll find some sort of grant funding attached I would say almost for any venture any any venture starting today you should be really leveraging all the resources at your disposal and one of those resources are acceleration and incubation programs now they're not new inventions in, in a straight they've always they've always been around in different forms I mean 15 years ago, we had, what was it, business centers who used to run business courses. They're actually physical buildings you could go to. I remember going to these places. And I think, you know, when I look at accelerators and incubators by extension, it's all about leveraging resources. Some programs, a lot of programs have access to grants. So non-dilutive capital for your startups, for for your business idea. Um, Now, it will depend on what stage you're at, but typically looking at grant access from anything from £5,000 to up to £10,000 or even more in some cases. But I would say every startup should really be leveraging this. And I think outside of money, I think what you're looking for is networks. No one can take the journey alone. And I think that's the real benefit of accelerators. A lot is said about accelerators. There's too many. I think there's not enough, personally. Everyone should be accelerated, (laughs) regardless of what we're doing. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's a great great opportunity. Leverage Leverage everything at your disposal and just that last piece to reiterate it's about network being in the right conversations with people who are in a similar direction i think that's what the acceleration space gives you as well as capital and maybe in-kind in-kind support and resources in terms of kind of i guess angel investment typically what we're seeing there's a link there between both those on accelerators and those who are seeking angel investment in my experience angel investment can be anything you know you're looking you know, if, you, if you're in a group, you could put in a thousand each um, to kind of pull your money as a syndicate and invest into early stage startups. But, you know, angel tickets, depending upon your sector, from, you know, my experience working in the kind of climate and energy space by extension, I've seen angel tickets, anything from about, you know, up to £20,000 and upwards. Um, usually people operating in syndicates to pull money together to invest in startups um, that they're interested in or see great potential from. So I would say they dovetail nicely with each other. But in terms of those numbers, that's typically what we're looking at from my experience. That's fantastic. I love that explanation. And you're right, it's all about the networks and being in the right rooms where those conversations are taking place. The um, accelerator versus incubator model. I don't know if you want to clarify for our audience, just yeah, the sure. difference between accelerators and incubators. Please. So I'd say, you know, when it comes to kind of incubation, really looking at, you know, early stage, and it's in the title, incubate, to keep alive, to nurture. So, you know, we, I've, we've run several, you know, we was, as part of our kind of portfolio, people at idea stage, um, or very, very early on, maybe not, not even a customer yet, 
and you know the great thing is there are funds and t- and angel groups who will invest in incubation level uh, businesses you know i guess for them they'll want to see evidence of a huge market and maybe some early kind of traction sales progress being made but incubation typically very early on in the stage with the acceleration you having graduated from an incubator and now maybe generating early revenue but still looking for that kind of product market fit so really looking to lock in um, customers access investment whereas typically at incubator incubation level you're not um i have certainly seen something um I guess over the last few years, um, emerge when it comes to incubators, um, big companies running incubators for staff. So as opposed to it being just entrepreneurs, actually running incubation for staff who have ideas about how to transform a big business. So almost entrepreneurial in a sense, you've got an idea how to improve the organization you work for. They put you into an incubation program so you can, again, incubate that idea with it, perhaps graduating to future trials, pilots with the larger organization. But uh, yeah, definitely a lot going on and there is never enough, in my opinion. But of course I'd say that, right? <laughs> Indeed. And with the corporate incubators, that's a really interesting example. Um, I I work with a few corporate accelerators that focus on the external companies that they bring in. And they do this for many reasons. So it's usually um, some form of innovation partnership, some form of um, CSR occasionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they have different challenges that they set around these these, these, uh, entities they want to bring into or bring closer to, to those to those uh, larger corporates, um, but if I take a minor segue, I wanted to ask about the the things you look out for when you're trying to select a company that you'd either place on one of your acceleration programs, or the things you look out for when you're trying to invest in companies that, mm-hmm. that come to you. Yeah, sure. So I think let's look at. Um, I think first of all, I think everything is powered by some sort of conviction that you kind of have or the team has around. Um, the, the rationale behind the existence of the business, you know, I think you could say, you know, like I'm trying to think about, you know, about five, like a great example is, you know, a few years ago we saw, from my experience, we saw a lot of companies who were doing, who were in the battery space, maybe six, seven years ago. Um, that, that was just before electric vehicles had taken off. So there was a lot of companies piling in, you know, and predominantly, you know, we're going to, you know, saying we're going to produce electric batteries. We've got technology that can produce them at scale. Obviously, in anticipation of the oncoming electric vehicle rush. And yeah, I think, you know, was it petrol cars are going to be banned in the UK by, the aim is to be by 2030, basically. So there was a, there was a, there was a rush. So I think, firstly, you have to, there has to be a belief or a rationale and understanding, okay, what the existence of this business. Um, and I think, secondly, there's a couple of things in terms of, let's say, start with kind of acceleration. A couple of things we're looking for is, firstly, alignment with the program. So like you mentioned, if it is a program with challenges that at its heart, can do they align with the challenges? I think that's the first thing. Secondly, it's, are they at the right stage? Um, for With so many programs around, you can get a bit of program hopping where you're kind of on several programs all at once. But the thing is, you never you never sink in deep enough to get the most from all program from either. So you end up kind of, winging it or doing it badly and not really leveraging the expertise in the program you're in. So firstly, it's about, yeah, capacity, you know, capacity, can they, can they fit? Um, I also think in terms of roadmap, where does this program play a role in the wider journey? And from Zuba, I'm sure you're, you're the same. You can spot when there is no real thought around that. So where is this program seeking to take this startup? Um, for programs which have trials attached, then it's a case of how are they going to leverage this trial to move forward? Does it link to a potential fundraise? And I think this is important for both parties to um, to talk about because ultimately you don't know what, what what's the carrot and how can we best use this program to move you forward? Um, and large and, and maybe lastly, I'd see around kind of team, you know, and 
you know, who's going to engage in the program, first of all? Um, what does the team look like? Is it a solo founder? Um, are there plans afoot to recruit, to bring on board? And yeah, I think that's important. And I think lastly, maybe it's a more of a personal one, and it links to capacity. You know, where are the team in terms of their journey? Who's working full time within the business? And practical considerations: what's you know, what's the kind of the cash runway? So, is it during the program halfway they're going to run out? They're going to run out of cash, and how, what are the implications for the program, regardless of whether there's a grant attached? I've seen this a lot operate in the energy space, where typically you know, you know, you're looking at kind of tri- trials and pilots take a long time to to roll out, and the biggest danger, especially in, in the energy space, I've seen this so many times, is that you run out of cash before you finish a program or finish an engagement, which is not good, good for no one. Um, so yeah, they're the sort of facts we look at when when looking at uh, companies or selecting companies to place on our accelerator programs. In terms of com- in investment, especially at the early stages as an angel, um, I guess conviction is important again. I think it's, and I'd say this to anyone, you're looking at individuals ultimately when looking at angels. Typically, you're looking at people who have either an interest or, or some sort of vested interest in the success of your business. That could be a case of you know wanting to see founders like yourself succeed. It could be a particular interest area. So firstly, I think for any companies about understanding who or what the angel is seeking. And the great thing is with internet, well, most of the time, people leave a trail of what they're interested in, what they believe, where their convictions are, and what their past experience is. I think secondly, I'm looking for a huge market change and a tangible impact. So especially my interest in kind of, I guess, climate and the just transition is the markets, you could say the market's huge, right? Fantastic. There's all these problems that we need to tackle. But how do you articulate the impact that you're actually making? Of course, returns are important and revenue, because without revenue, there is no real business, right? But also, what is that impact you're making or seeking to make? And how do you ensure that remains central to the business? And um, I spent a, a few years working in kind of uh, international development. And it was interesting to note on some projects, you know, was, you could say, OK, we're going to do X. But couldn't quite talk about what's the impact of what, actually, what are we seeking to change? You know, in, if anyone who's worked in the space, you know, you get measured on counting. Okay, we're going to deliver this to this group and this is how many hours. Where in fact, I think sometimes the question around impact gets a bit left out. So I'd be really looking for a clear articulation of a market size, but also a clear impact. And, you know, what are the challenges as well? I guess I want to know the challenges. What are the challenges you're encountering, encountering in creating that impact? And obviously, personally, people who are smarter than me, I guess I'm looking for that. People who are passionate experts um, and really committed I think a lot is made of people, you know, oh, they need to be full time in the business. The founders need to, you know, I, I kind of, sh- I'm, I'm not, I'm not too caught up on that personally, but I would want to see some sort of, um, some big level of commitment from um, founders that, 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 that I do, that I do invest in or have invested in. And yeah, it's been an interesting journey so far to see that, but yeah, all those, all those points. I love that. that that's really much a, a cheat sheet for anyone who'd like to get either your attention or the discovery schools. Yeah attention and I, I love that breakdown um the final point you raise around startups being full-time or not i agree that's a little yes. contentious and i probably lean more toward you know you know some things just take time some problems are hard to solve and require a little yeah. bit more time but if you're super efficient and you can do it all within 40 hours a week you know and you Oof. get those 40 hours from wherever fine but usually yes. i find folks that solve problems big problems have to spend you know at least 50 60 hours a week committed to that but hey not everyone's equal some people are a lot smarter than us definitely not <laughs> i guess definitely from through my own work and i would love to see because a passion of this scene expansion is expanding the pool of those people who are who can become change makers you know typically i think especially in the kind of 
climate space, there is a typical mould, you know, very well-educated participants in the ecosystem, which disproportionately means men, white men, typically dominate the space. And I think I'd want to see an expansion of the pool of talent. And they say if you want to expand any any pool, you have to look, you have to take your kind of traditional markers of success and throw them in the bin to an extent and then re-examine how do we judge success? What are the invisible signals that I'm looking for? And I realise in my own journey, one of the signals of commitment typically is I'm full-time in this um, in the early stage when in fact, you know, not, not, not everyone has that option. So yeah, for me, it's definitely about looking at how can we expand the pool of change makers, people that can create innovations or become entrepreneurs. Thank you. And on that fantastic note, we'll have to end there. Um, before I let you go, Gus, but where can folks find you? We'll include it in the socials at the bottom of this yeah, sure. podcast. Um, share, real quick. Yeah, sure. You can find me, okay, on my socials, just at Gosbert, at G-O-S-B-E-R-T, first name. I'm like I'm like Madonna, like just one there. So I'm at Gosbert on my socials. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, just put me in. I, I, I usually pop up. Um, once you've got access to my socials, I've got access to links. I write a newsletter, always focused on kind of climate and the just transition uh, in the UK and also Africa as well. So yeah, I'd love to connect. Feel free to ask questions and yeah, send me decks as well. I'm eager to um, see as many as possible. Thank you so much, Gosberth. Really good to have you on here. And uh, that's it for now, folks. Thank you for listening to another episode of Crowncast. I'm your host, Unzubay Ufodike. And until the next time, please like, subscribe, share, and comment below. Thank you.